Life-changing moments is up next. Stay tuned. Did you know that you are making a difference right where you are right now? You were born for these times. Yes, we chose to be here. Let's make the most of it, even with these times of great transition and transformation. In the midst of whatever you are facing, there is an opportunity for a life-changing moment when you decide to be in a right relationship with life. Do you want to be empowered to live more fully right here, right now? Stay tuned for Life-Changing Moments with Sharon Wyckoff. Hi, everybody. Um, it's great to be here with you for another program on this March 18th. Um, today's program is about honoring your life-changing moments. And I'm going to share with you a few of mine that I've reflected on uh, that are really, that changed the course of my life. One happened just this last week, which is, I'm going to be sharing it because I think it's important for these times, but it's like, I'm in, I'm still in the midst of it. Um, sometimes these moments, as I've been reflecting on this, this week, sometimes these moments we don't think are truly that important. And yet when we look back at our lives, you know, everything changed from that point on. So that's, um, a little bit of what I wanted to say about life-changing moments and the way they happen. When I was pondering this program, I went back over my life and looked again and found some significant ones that I really hadn't thought about before. So that was interesting. So I'd love to hear from you about what you're finding in your life. Um, have been life-changing moments. You can always find me at theartoflivinglife.org, theartoflivinglife.org. And yeah, I think you can email me right here at BBS Radio too. So the first one I wanted to share with you about is on, about it's about honoring oneself. And I've shared parts of this before, but I think it's noteworthy to really go into it a little bit more. Um, I was in high school and my father was a contractor. And so I was learning to become a secretary and I was learning to write in shorthand, which I still love to this day. I've used those skills in my everyday life almost. So I was practicing my shorthand, learning to do dad's books. And I thought it was going to be one of the most fun things I've ever done. Actually being a secretary in high school. Not. <laughs> um, I am a people person, not so much a one that wants to sit in a room and just do books. 
So I found it very boring. You know, he had a stack of bills and he had a stack of receipts and I had to record them and what job they went to or split the job up. Boring, boring. I was already been babysitting since I was 10 and just loved children. And I don't remember the thought process, but I knew I came to this moment in high school probably my junior year, where I knew I did not want to be a secretary and I wanted to be a teacher. And I probably by that time had visited one of my favorite teachers at the elementary school in town. So I knew that was what I wanted to do. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. And I probably shared it with my mother, which was easy to do. But my father Oh, my goodness. Telling my father something made it real in my life. And I still see that today as a kind of a pattern for me. When I'm doing something new, once I share it with my kids, it kind of makes it real. I'm not sure what that is all about, but that's the way this system works. So I knew I had to tell my father. And the only time I really had a one-on-one with him is when he would go to the post office at night. So uh, we would ride about 10 minutes to get there. He would mail his letters at this particular main post office in our hometown. So every month or so, I would ask to ride with him to the post office. It was my only time with him. Can you believe that? I just, I find it hard to believe, but we just didn't have that much together time. So my heart was pumping so hard. And I said, Dad, can I go to the post office with you? He said, sure. So I got in the car and we took off knowing that this was a life changing moment for me. I'm telling my father. I no longer want to be a secretary, which it was very popular in the 1960s. And I wanted to be a teacher. So I think I waited until we were almost home because I didn't want to sit with him too long after that. And so I said, I said, Dad, you know, I babysit all the time. I love children. I've done this now for probably six or seven years. And I said, I want to be a teacher. And his response, I don't usually share this, but I'm going to, was, oh, you're going to have to wipe those little snotty noses. I'll never forget it. And it was so sad to me that that was his response to what I truly desired to do with my life. I even have tears coming to my eyes now. It's just so amazing the way these things stick with you. But at the same time, I knew that was my destiny in life. And I followed through. I went to the local junior college and took the two years of teacher training, never regretting a moment of it. And then Proceeded to go to a university nearby. Actually, I moved into an apartment with my good friend the last two years of college. And we had a wonderful time together. And I pursued being a teacher. And it was just one of the most wonderful 
experiences of my life. And that is my, you know, what I do, you know, decades later. And I want to share with you a poem that I have used on the paper I have written here, 1965, (laughs) which is when I did my student teaching. And I would write it on a large chart um, piece of paper. And then I drew my own pictures beside each line because there are many years I taught kindergarten and first grade. So the children were just learning to read. And I felt that a picture next to each sentence would help them. It's anonymous and from the 1960s. So here it is, a poem I've used many times in the classroom and with my children. It's just called Read. Read in the classroom. Read at home. Read a story. Read a poem. Read while it's raining. Read in the sun. Read to get your homework done. Read on a park bench. Read in a tree. Read for a reason. Read for none. But best of all, read for fun. (laughs) And I just, I'm laughing at this uh, as I read this because my grandson is just four and a half and he is already reading various things. So I am going to give, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to give this poem to him. I think I'm going to put it on a chart piece of paper and give it to him when I see him this month. (laughs) So anyway, um, yes, that was a life-changing moment for me when I really, truly claimed being a teacher. I think what I'm referring to when I said that I had to tell my father about it, we have to have a witness, or I should say we don't have to have a witness, but it's good to have a witness in our life when we're doing something. And this last week experience, which I'm going to share in the next segment, it's kind of like um, claiming it. I, I had some of the insights that I'm going to be sharing with you in the next segment probably a couple of months ago, but they didn't stay. And perhaps it was because I didn't have a witness. So I just invite you to really look at your life and see what your life-changing moments have been. And did you have a witness to really look at what you were doing and honor it? I heard the idea of a witness years ago by a young lady that I was supporting and getting her work started. I can't remember her name now. And she always was speaking about having a witness. And I never really got it. But I can see the importance of it. I can see the importance of it. So we're going to take a very short break. And I just, in some music, a very um, slow instrumental music is going to be playing in the background just for a minute or two. And I invite you to reflect on your life and to see if you have had a time in your life when having a witness was important to you and it made a shift. And just to also ponder um, one or more moments of your life-changing experience. And then we'll be right back.
Okay. See you in a moment. music. Have you always wanted to play the piano and yet have never taken lessons? Why not do it now? Sharon Wyckoff has been teaching piano for over four decades. Her motto is, I love to teach and you'll love to learn. She teaches all ages, five to 95 and online. Visit theartoflivinglife.org and explore her page on piano lessons. Again, that is theartoflivinglife.org for more about Sharon's piano lessons online. Okay, everybody, we're back now. Um, it's second, the second segment here, and I'm going to be talking to you about an experience that I've actually just been living this last week. And I don't usually share something so fresh, even with my friends, I sit with it. But it was, it's so pertinent to what we're going through right now on the planet. And so I did want to share it with you. Um, okay. So here we go. (laughs) So. I had been noticing that the spark I've had for life has not been quite the same for a couple of years. Although I'm a senior, might call me an elder, I still have a love of life and a zest for life. And it just wasn't the same. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe it's just my age, you know? But yet there was something kind of there that I didn't think it was really just my age. And then I was reflecting on life and I really had become, I don't usually, I don't use this word often, but I think I had had become, had a bitter and anger within myself for what was happening on the planet. Um, And then it was 
deepened by so many people kind of being in denial and not in there even knowing there's anything going on on the planet right now. And the great injustice of for what's happening with humanity with all these poly crises going on. It just, um, it really touched my heart so deeply. And I just have felt that it's not right and I didn't know what to do about it. And I think the way that I, um, live life was just, there was a damper on it. There was a damper on it. I carried on. I did all my teaching. I did all my work. Um, you know, have talked to friends, talked to my kids. So there wasn't really what I would call a depression, but there was just a, the glow and the spark of life had been kind of taken, um, away from me. And then one of the teachers that I have taken some classes with, I just find him an amazing, enlightened soul. It's Dr. Michael Lennox. And he had a class coming up. In fact, it begins next week on forgiveness. So I was thinking, hmm, do I have something I really have to forgive? And I was going through my list and I really didn't come up with something that I hadn't worked on because I do work on um, my spiritual practice includes forgiveness. Although at times I think I need to forgive myself for not being smarter and better and all that. But basically I'm pretty content with the way I have looked at forgiveness. And so I was pondering this and I thought, you know, I'm really mad at the world still. <laughs> I'm really mad at what is happening. I look up and see the chemtrails. Um, I see snow that is hard as a rock and doesn't melt. And just, you know, I think we have some man-made weather going on here instead of God-made weather. So these were some of the things that just were not sitting well with me. So, um, I actually pulled up on the internet the stages of grief. I thought, hmm, interesting. Maybe I'll look at that and see what, if there's something there. <clears throat> this is all like happening this last week. And also, I have to say that, you know, I'm really in a very supportive place right now because I, um, do Qigong every day. Um, Master Lin, who is the master of Spring Forest Shigong. I don't know him personally, but I have a <clears throat> connection with him that is amazing through the ethers. And I read his materials and just feel very connected. So when you place yourself, I call it being in a field of support, you know, miracles can happen. So I wanted to set that background in here too. So I pulled up, um, some articles on the five stages of grief. And I thought, hmm, interesting. So I'm going to just talk about them briefly because though these are a part of what I've gone through this last week. The first one is denial. And I laughed when I read this because so many people are in denial of what's happening on the planet. And, um, you know, they look up in the sky and see all the chemtrails and think, oh, they're just planes. Yes, we have 25 
planes taking off and crisscrossing in the air? And that's leaving chemtrails like that? Yes, of course it's planes. <laughs> so anyway, people are in denial for sure. And from the beginning, uh, three years ago when the COVID pandemic started and I was in a spiritual community at the time, or actually I had just left, but I wrote my spiritual teacher and it was very difficult to tell him about this, but I did write him and, you know, basically he could not understand what I was saying. So denial, I think faces, you know, lots of us at many times. And then there's a second place of anger. And I think that's what I had gone through at different times, just being angry at the world and knowing that the world wasn't going to change, so really didn't know how to work with that. And so that's the second stage. And then the third is bargaining. And I didn't really relate to that because I really didn't bargain with the universe. Well, maybe I did. You know, if I say a bunch of prayers, maybe it's going to help. Eh, not really. Well, it does, though. It does. It truly does make a difference as to the experience I'm having. But And also in the larger picture, too. But I couldn't change it overnight, I didn't feel. And then stage four was depression. And I was just thinking about that. And I thought, hmm, the characteristics, one article says, is a loss of hope about the future, uh, feeling directionless, lost or confused about one's life, difficulty concentrating and difficulty making decisions. Those really weren't a huge part of my life. But I just didn't have that spark for life anymore. And so, therefore, um, I don't know. There was just something that was that was missing. So, as I read these, and this, again, is just last week, I thought, okay. And the fifth step is acceptance. I thought, okay, how do I accept all this that's going on right now? How do I bring peace to it? And so I was reflecting on, you know, um, the, the big guys that are in charge right now bringing the poly crises on us. I, they, they uh, are not going to change overnight and they basically are doing the best they can at this point in their lives. So I had to really forgive them and just accept. And so I came into an acceptance. And it was almost in a split second that I realized all this. It was really true, truly quite amazing. The world was not going to shift and the people behind it weren't going to. So I came to that place of acceptance. And I thought, wow, (laughs) this is really something because Almost immediately, I came to a place of, hey, I'm not going to let what's happening deplete my energy, take away my spark. And then the other thing that came to me is the, and 
So I thought, what is my takeaway from this? And in my radio shows for years, I have called things golden nuggets. So I was asking myself, what was a golden nugget? And also Michael Lennox in his class, in case of any of you want a forgiveness class, I'd strongly recommend Dr. Michael Lennox, and it begins next week. Um, tell him I sent you. <laughs> um, he says, find the nugget beneath all of that where forgiveness is possible. So the, the golden nugget or the takeaway for me from this experience was that, you know, no matter how bad I am in what I do in my work, I will never cause the pain that the big guys have caused by all that's going on. So it gave me permission to be. It gave me permission to really do my work because I know that I'm not going to do any harm. Or at least I certainly hope not. So that was a really a big shift for me. And so now I get to be fully me. And with that, I actually continued my blogging and wrote when, when I go to do my blogging, I'm in a state of, well, I'm not meditating, but I kind of go into a meditative state and ask, you know, what wants to be revealed here? What wants to come through? And so. I think it was on the 12th or the 11th that I wrote a questions, um, cause I was doing several days together. And let's see, I'm going to pull this up. It says changing times here. So my question that I posed, um, to my, to my, my followers and my bloggers was, you know, what is you want to change what's going to remain the same within you and what is wanting to change at this time. And then another question I pose is, can the true self within yourself hold space for the change that is taking place? What can you do to support the change taking place? And so... These blogs, these, these questions really reverberated within myself. And I came up with a new program, which I'm going to be doing in, um, June, I believe it is. And let me see what I wrote about that. Yeah, it was just one thing came after another. It was just such an exciting, Place. And this is what I love to do. I love to support others going through this change. So it's kind of um, expected that I'm going to have these moments of transformation too. Because as we are living life right now on the planet, the planet is shifting. And we are going through a time of great transformation, which is going to lead to a golden age. But right now in the midst of it, it's really sticky and kind of um, challenging. So I know if you're interested in transformation, 
um, I'm going to be blogging about what came through, and that was thriving and transforming during times of transition. And it's really about knowing that there is this challenge going on, the transition that we're going through right now. But at the same time, we get to be freely uh, free. We get to be ourselves and we get to live in the way that we want to live. And that is exciting to me. That is that that brings back the spark that I've always had for life. So as I turn 80 this year, I can't even believe it. <laughs> it's like a number to me. And, you know, I, the spark is back. The spark is back. And um, I'm really excited about these times because as we shift our consciousness and we truly grow with these times, because the universe is asking us to change too, to let go of everything that's not working and to be fully present with what is right for us in the moment. Uh, a class on thriving and transformation, I think, is just really important. And I always, in my classes, I share various practices. Uh, the week one in this one's going to be finding your practice. I'll share a variety of practices so you can choose kind of what you want to do. And then in the second week, I'm going to be doing healing practices. There are so many beautiful modalities. As a piano teacher of 50 some years now. Um, I love music and I love bringing it in just like uh, the intro that we're going to have for this program. It just, to me, it just kind of sets the tone for um, what is, what's going on. And also living in the fields of possibility, I think are so important right now. If we don't take time and go into nature if we don't take time and truly sit in the quiet, we don't get a clear picture of what our next step is because we need to listen to this vessel that we have. So uh, we don't want to, if we don't do those things, we kind of are tuned perhaps to the media, to our televisions or to our computers. And we forget that we can live in fields of possibility in fields of love and health and prosperity and happiness and contentment and gratitude. And then the last week of the class is going to be creating your lifestyle and the way that you want to become um, your own your own person. In fact, the next program I'm going to be doing here at BBS is called Becoming the CEO of your life, which is the creative chief executive officer. And that's what we're being called to do, I think, at this time, really, of truly tuning in to what is right for us to do in this moment. So... For me, going through this process really gave me the freedom to be because I know that at my worst, I'm not going to um, cause damage, hopefully, and really make a difference. <clears throat> so that is what I wanted to share about this section two. 
uh, see if there's anything else that wants to come up. The introduction that is going to be on the program here is um, Angelica, and she's singing one of her beautiful pieces called Gratitude. And although you'll only hear like a 10 or 15 second clip, uh, it was on my last week's program too. She talks about being grateful for everything. And I know that is a spiritual um, understanding. And it's sometimes hard for new people on the spiritual path to realize that we need to be grateful for the things that are challenges. But truly, the challenges we have in our life are opportunities to see what possibilities, uh, greater possibilities there are for us. So if you are ever interested in Angelica's music, you can go to angelicahealingmusic.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-I-K-A, healingmusic.com. She's given me permission permission to use her music. And at my old radio show at Blog Talk Radio, The Voice of Change, I did a two-hour program with her once. And it was wonderful. She shared all about her, her music. So let's... Um, Take a break here, and I just invite you to truly reflect during the soothing music you'll be hearing just for a minute or two. Truly reflect on, are you in a right relationship with the planet right now and with all that's going on? Or perhaps you're in one phase of the grief process. Are you in denial? Are you in uh, depression over it? When we work through the steps in the grief process, at the end, there always is a gift for us. And for me, working through this this last week, it's like a freedom to be, a freedom to be. So I invite you as we take just a short break to reflect on what is your relationship um, with all that's going on right now. And is there anything um, that you need to do a first step in perhaps living your best life? What do you want to do? And just before we go to the break, I do want to leave you with this one poem. I've only written about a handful of poems in my life, but I wanted to share this one with you. And it came at a very a life-changing moment. I had just moved from Oregon to Northern California. And as I was driving up the five, I saw a big billboard saying, Deeprat Chopra is in town this coming week. And I just had arrived, and so I called, and I got the last seat to listen to Deepak Chopra. And after the program, I was so deeply touched. Um, This is what I wrote. It's from September 21st, 2000. God came, and with all its divinity, put all that is into its creation. And thus we are. Our power unlimited. Our potential majestic. 
our beauty regal, our wisdom all-knowing, our health all-healing, our thought all-powerful, our intention all-revealing. Oh, what powerful creatures we are. We can change ourselves today and we can change the world tomorrow. So with that, we'll go into just a minute or two of soothing music, and then I'll be back with our last segment. Enjoy. Welcome back to segment three here. Um, Our final moments together. I have another moment to share with you. It takes me way back to probably my college time. Yep, college days. And I had an apartment in Southern California with my very good friend, Sharon. And... I was going to school to become a teacher. And we had an assignment um, in our student teaching. I was doing student teaching at the time to become an elementary teacher. So we had an assignment that we had to decorate a, a class, the classroom that I was in. And I was in a kindergarten student teaching place and going to be talking about Hawaii. So I had been in the Hughes market in this particular city, uh, Panorama City, actually, and had seen some beautiful Halloween uh, uh, decorations in the store celebrating the Hawaiian islands and the music there. So I decided to go in and see if I could possibly get some of their decorations um, for my student teaching experience when they took them down. So the man that came uh, was what they call the front man of the store. He was the manager, I think. And his name was Alex. And so I met with him and he said, sure. He said, you know, they're going to be taking down, be taking down this such, such and such time. You can come back for them. So I said, Oh, great. That'll be perfect. Well, meantime, we 
kind of struck up a conversation and it had a nice, a nice interchange. So I thanked him and went about my, um, life. And then my girlfriend and I, uh, were in the store together probably two weeks later and we were just shopping around and he came up and approached us and actually asked for my phone number. So I gave it to him and he called me up and invited me out. And three years later, we were married. So um, it was a delightful, life-changing moment to reflect on this because I hadn't thought about that. And we went on to have three children and I'm going to be in Southern California next week. And hopefully we all get together. Um, so it was just a delightful moment to realize that, you know, if I hadn't gone into that store, um, looking for display items for my student teaching, if I hadn't become a teacher, <clears throat> if I, if he hadn't been the front man there and the manager, you know, what would have happened? So we never know when these life-changing moments, you know, happen. And that's the reason I created this program was because I think that in the busyness of life, we have to really step back and take note that if we aren't present in the moment, then such life-changing moments aren't going to be able to take place as easily because we're going to be on our phone or we're going to be in a rush. So that's why it is so important to, I think, acknowledge that such moments do take place and just give ourselves the best chance for having that happen. And nature is one of the best ways I think we can do that. We can, you know, take our time to go into nature, walking in and amongst the trees. I remember when I lived in Ashland, Oregon, our property was on kind of a side of a hill. And I could walk down out the front door and through a yard and go to the back of the um, house. And there was a walkway there that went all the way up to the next street. And the first time I found that, it was like, oh my goodness. And I could just stand there and it was actually a beautiful view of all of, of much of Ashland, Oregon. So it was an opportunity to be outside and just to take a view for a view of the city. Um, Many times throughout my life, I have liked to go on and go into the mountains to sit there and, or to just walk there. Um, <clears throat> and to look down over the city. It gives me a perspective. It gives me a perspective of, of life. And so going out into nature is one of the ways that we can truly change the vibration that we're living at. 
being in the house and around technology all the time is not the best. So these are some of the basics, I think. Also, um, doing some kind of movement or walking really gets the body going. This last, well, several weeks now, I've had to go out into um, the where the, my car is parked here in Northern California and spend hours or more taking the snow off my car. And because I haven't been walking outside a lot, uh, it really was great exercise. I just felt it was, it was just really, um, so it just, I don't know, it brought blood back into my, my body just flowing and it just was, was wonderful. And my neighbor helped me a couple of times and some actually friends in the neighborhood too. Um, help me, but it was wonderful. So if we get out nature and uh, get into nature and really do something different. So movement is important too. And then just having a spiritual practice, whether it be, um, sitting in silence, meditating, um, doing mantras, doing chanting. Well, my favorite way now is doing my Qigong. I just truly love it. It's been a life-changing experience for me. So those are some of the ways that we can be in our life so that we have more of a opportunity to have those life-changing moments and to be present for them when when they happen. Let's see, we just have a few minutes left here. What do I want to share with you? I've written only a handful of poems. Maybe I'll do another one of those. What I've realized is that, as I said, I've only written maybe about 10 poems. And it always has to be a wonderful emotional experience for me to do that. And so I don't have too many of them, but let me share. Let me see here. One that I have used for years is the ending to a large, longer poem that I've written before. So as you know, I've been an elementary teacher and have three beautiful children myself. So this is about our today's, about children. So I'm going to share it with you. Today's children. Today's children are tomorrow's doctors, teachers, and engineers. Today's children are tomorrow's mothers, fathers, aunts, and uncles. Today's children are tomorrow's artists, singers, and architects. Today's children are tomorrow's carpenters, chefs, and farmers. What can we do to ensure that they live with love, not hate? We must first love them. What can we do to ensure that they live with the spirit of giving, not taking? We must first give to them. What can we do to ensure that they live with an essence of helping, not hurting? We must first help them. What can we do to ensure that they live with a spirit of cooperation, 
and not competition. We must first let them experience cooperation. Our children are calling to us. They need our unconditional love. We must see with new eyes. We must hear with new ears. We must think with a clear awareness. And we must act with a new understanding. And that last four lines are what I use so much in my work today. Although they were for my parenting, they really are what we are living in our life today, aren't we? We have to be able to see with new eyes in order to really live fully present. We must hear with new ears. We must think with a clear awareness and we must act with a new understanding. So as I leave you, I do want to say that my next program is going to be April. Let me see. April 18th, just one month away from today. And I'm going to be out of town for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to miss one program. And it is um, entitled Becoming the CEO of Your Life. So I invite you to take time for yourself to go into nature and reflect amongst the trees, the birds, the sunrise, the clouds, to slow down enough so you can enjoy each and every moment of life, to give yourself time alone so you know what you are thinking and feeling. And in such a space, you will see your unique life changing moments arise. So I'll see you next time on Life Changing Moments. Bye for now. But also, you can always visit me at theartoflivinglife.org. Theartoflivinglife.org. Hope to hear from you. Bye for now. Just say thank you for every dream come true, for the light that shines in you as often as you can.